You, you can holler, you can applaud, you can scream, you can do anything you want. I can't hear you anyway. <laughs> I'm Kyler Bingham, and you're listening to the Salt Lake Dirt Podcast. On today's episode, uh, we have the authors of I Remember Everything, Life Lessons from Dawson's Creek. Aaron Hensley and Julia Callahan are joining us. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Hi, I'm Aaron. Hey. Thanks for having hey. us. Yeah, thanks so much. I'm Julia, and uh, so happy to be here. Great. Uh, well, so when I, I first heard about the book, I think we must probably be around, around the same age. I graduated in 99 and, um, we're 2001. Okay. So, so yeah. we're, same we're, we're pretty age close as the here. Dawson's Creek characters. Yeah. So yeah. I was kind of a casual fan. So I, I hate to say that, but I did, I did love the show, but I wasn't watching a lot of TV in my later high school years. Okay. Uh, but I did, I did love the show. And one thing I'm, I'm loving, Oh, I forgot to mention you. You guys are hosts of the of the podcast Dawson's Critique, yes. um, where you you go through every episode, and mm-hmm. I believe you're you're deep into season four. Correct. Right now, I'm I'm currently editing four thirteen. Great. So, <laughs> one thing I was shocked about when I when I was looking up Dawson's Creek is how many podcasts there are on on the show. <laughs> I was it's true, an and there's like. There's new ones launching like every month. I love it. Yeah. It's amazing. So there's yeah. a there's a demand. That's for sure. Uh, maybe maybe you two could talk about just um, I, the genesis for the the podcast and then eventually the book. Sure. Do you? I'll maybe I'll start, Aaron, because I it was your um, idea. <laughs> it was a little bit my idea. Yeah. <laughs> But um, so I, as you know, because we work together in a professional setting, um, that I um, run a, a, a book publishing company. I'm the director of sales and marketing. And um, I managed to work myself into urgent care twice at the end of 2009 because I was so stressed and 19. just working so hard. 2019, sorry. I don't know what decade we're in. <laughs> what is time? Time has lost all meaning in this pandemic. Um, and thank you. Uh, so I was, um, a lot of times when I get sick, I, and I'm like, you know, kind of on the couch, I watched Dawson's Creek. It's a comfort show for me. It's a show that I grew up with. And, you know, like Aaron said, we're the exact same age as the characters. So we like had all the same life events at the same time as mm-hmm. those characters. Um, and we can talk a little later about how Aaron and I met and it is through Dawson's Creek in some, in some way. Um, but, uh, but I, I like Instagram storied this scene of Pacey and Joey. Um, it's an episode called, um, Stolen Kisses, which is my favorite episode of the entire show. (laughs) And Aaron Hensley and I just like, we're chatting on Instagram DMs and, just about the scene and about Pacey Witter as a character and like what a like ahead of his time character he was because he's like asking for consent to kiss Joey and like sorry spoiler alert for a 20 year old show um and um and uh and I I just got to thinking and right around the same time my boss at Rare Bird Books Tyson Cornell was like we like kind of co-manage a studio with an, with a someone who runs a music um, production sort of 
company and he was like you know we have this studio if anyone in the office wants to run a podcast y'all should and I went to him and I was like what if I did a Dawson's Creek podcast like I know it has <laughs> nothing to do with anything that we're doing but like I think that's where my talent really lies <laughs> in talking about Dawson's Creek and so Aaron and I had had this conversation and of course she's my best friend of the past 20 years and I kind of texted her and I was like what do you like what would you think about us doing something like this? It's a show we've talked about between each other for 20 years, oh, 19 years. We've been friends for 19 years. Um, but, you know, what would you think? And that's kind of, that was the genesis. And then she, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, amazing. I don't know what a rewatch podcast is. I listen to really a niche economic podcast. So <laughs> I'm not sure what you're talking about. And she sent me some and I'm like, okay, I, I'm, I'm a Leo. So I say yes to everything. Cool. <laughs> sounds fun. Let's do this. So we just started doing it. And I wasn't really sure like what if we were doing it right. But I think that's the thing about podcasting. There's like no rules. You do whatever you want, which like is my vibe. So I loved that. <laughs> So we just started going with it. And I was like stunned that people were listening, <laughs> like, to be honest, yeah. and they email you and all this stuff. And it just started growing from there. It was super fascinating. I mean, the thing, like you said, you watched Dawson's Creek. It is a cultural phenomenon. There's like at least like a five year range of people that like saw the pilot at the minimum, you know, like, yeah. or at least had a familiarity with it. Like even my fiance's friends, like all of the dude friends, like, oh yeah, yeah. I saw a bunch of those episodes, right. you know? like it, it was unavoidable in that in that time period so I think it I can't say the pandemic was a blessing but in a way like I think people were like a thirsty for new content because like production wasn't happening and be like a little bit like thirsty for like nostalgia and like uh, the safety of like, oh, when was that time where like shit wasn't wild? Oh, stuff wasn't wild, you know? Um, so that also helped too. I think a lot of people like really were looking for something <laughs> to not meditate too much on our current times, you know, or at least a little bit of escapism, which I know for myself having, ha quote, having to watch Dawson's Creek every week was like a blessing <laughs> during the, the quarantine. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I got when I got the book, I got it a while back um, from you. And I, I feel like I had to do my homework. So I started rewatching. Mm -hmm. So I, I from so I started watching and I knew all the characters, like you said, like people, it just kind of like is seeped into our cultural consciousness if you're from that era. So I was I was doing my homework and, and rewatching season one. And I <laughs> I'm like, and then going through your book, too. It's it's like, I don't think you're overthinking it. I think there, there is something to this show and how like progressive, um, you know, Pacey was and just, it, it kind of blew my mind and, and then how awful Dawson could be at times. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. like the cover of the book. The things it, that come out of his mouth, you're just like stunned that like, that was acceptable to say. <laughs> you right. Know? I mean, I'm, I'm listening to that, uh, uh, Zach to the future podcast on a oh, about, yeah. about say by the bell and just how it came from the Zach Morris's trash <laughs> series. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, he was pretty horrible. <laughs> and we just kind of, at least from my point of view, a male white male, I don't know, maybe I I'm to blame too, but I was watching it and didn't think anything of it in the moment, you know? <laughs> oh, I had a big crush yeah. Or even if you thought maybe 
his behavior wasn't good you still accepted that he was the star of the show and like the leader of the show and that's one of the most pervasive toxic parts about those characters yeah yeah and i i mean like like i just said i had a huge crush on crush on zach morris i loved zach morris (laughs) and um so it's it's not it's like also discovering that in ourselves right is like mm-hmm. having these moments where we're like oh shit like I, oh, sorry oh shoot like i gotta i have you to re-examine swear. Swear okay. <laughs> okay. 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 thank you sorry, sorry. <laughs> we're very foul-mouthed and no, we can't away. help it sometimes <laughs> but like you know we like hey i'm gonna reassess this for myself and reassess what i think about how these characters are acting and and reassess who i think the heroes are and what I think the real like crux of the story is, you know what I mean? So I think that's kind of what we we're trying to do with the book, but also with the podcast, like both of mm-hmm. those things work in concert that, you know, thinking about who is a hero. And I always loved, um, I, I was like reading an interview with Shonda Rhimes, like a number of years ago. And she, sort of talking about Ellen Pompeo and then also Genji Cohen has said that about um Piper on Orange is the New Black of like these are kind of the ways that they get in the door to tell these like other stories that maybe network executives aren't really green lighting but like Mm -hmm. you know these like these these people find a back way in and I'm not sure that Dawson's Creek was doing that consciously but there's a way in which I look at it and I think Aaron and I look at it in a much the similar lens where it's like that is what was happening as we were telling these other stories under the guise of Dawson being the hero right right yeah I mean for the, the listeners that don't know the first gay romantic kiss in network tv happened on Dawson's Creek in the year 2000 Mm -hmm. so like in terms of groundbreaking like they had a main character that was was openly gay and like those stories are like super important and then like when you think about it it's wild to be like wow that happened in the year 2000 okay (laughs) like that's it's it's cool to know that kids now live in a world where that has happened their whole life. And it's, it's sad to know that for us, it happened when we were teenagers the first time, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So it's just an interesting conversation to have about how we were raised and how much work can be done slowly and how like each little thing is a win and a victory and like part of this larger battle for, you know, equality equity abolition of racism and all the things we're trying to do to make the world and race, just and, a better um, place and representation sorry I didn't mm-hmm. just step on you and representation you know that that kids got to see themselves in jack yeah that might not have otherwise seen themselves anywhere right on tv no i thought it was good i remember like um being in high school so i, I don't know where you all grew up but i you know i grew up here in utah a very conservative um, you know, it's a complex state, but mm-hmm. there is some, diver- there's diversity, but it's like, you know, especially growing up in the nineties, I remember watching those shows like that. And it was, you know, from my point of view as a, as a straight male, it was good for me to see that because as far as I thought in school, like, oh, I don't know anyone who's gay, mm-hmm. but no one felt comfortable coming out. Mm-hmm. So of course they were there, but it was just like, you weren't, it just wasn't really talked about. And if it, you know, it was beat out of people unfortunately yeah. so it was it was cool for uh someone living in a conservative uh, you know state seeing that on tv and kind of you know 
recognizing the the humanity of everybody. So even though it's a, it's a show that a lot of people maybe laugh at sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, sure, there's a lot there's a lot there, and and it, obviously because it's lasted this far, and we we're talking about it today. <laughs> yeah, I mean the thing that's special about it is it it takes your teenage years seriously, and when you're a teenager, it is serious to you. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of adults and and you know showrunners and media in general they look down on that experience. They're like, oh, you're just a kid, and you're like, yes, but these are real feelings I'm having, and I don't want to you to gaslight me about them or to act like, oh, well, when you're old it'll be different of course but it still doesn't dismiss what I'm going through right now um and then like you said even if you didn't know someone gay that was gay at that point you did because like in a way these the characters on shows they become like kind of your friends you know or at least like this in a way your friend so then you're like oh yeah Jack I know him he's gay and like he struggles with all of these things and then also he doesn't or his life's normal or whatever normal means you know um and I think that's the beauty of like even having the CW or it was the WB before but of a a place for teenagers to like find shows that took them seriously um and that really happened with Dawson's Creek that was like the 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 anchor with uh um Buffy the Vampire Slayer for the WB and it was like a time in which like of course, it's all about capitalism, but a time in which they're like, oh, we're going to give teens teen stories. And like, even in the later season, the showrunner was like a young 20 year old, Greg Berlanti. So like, yeah, the the proximity to the age in which the stories were being told of the showrunner is what is relevant as well. Um, and so many of the writers and people that participated in the the development of the show went on to do like amazing things as well so it kind of became this like little boot camp for for storytelling yeah yeah very cool have you heard of a book called i read it so i think this is why the dawson thing was on my radar a few years ago i wrote i read a really great book on um it was a screenwriter so the book's called billion dollar kiss Oh, oh yeah. yeah, Julia read it. Yeah, okay, the kiss that <laughs> saved Dawson's Creek and other adventures so, mm-hmm. by Jesse so a, a funny story is that I um I used to work at Booksuit Bookstore in West Hollywood, and um it's a it, you know I ran the events there for many years, and this one day I was running an in store event, and I it was for that book, uh-huh. and you know I didn't I like. I ran so many of them at the time that like, I didn't always know exactly what the book was about until the author came in and then I would like chat with them (laughs) and I'm listening to this guy talk about this, like this kiss that he wrote. And I'm like, this sounds like Dawson's Creek. (laughs) (laughs) And then finally he like said, you know, the Dawson's Creek, blah, 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 blah. And he's, you know, he's talking about the kiss. And, um, and I was like, oh my God, that's so amazing. <laughs> like, and then I had this big long conversation with him about Dawson's Creek and how much I loved it and like what a big fan I was. But um, but it was hilarious. It was it was one of those things that kind of just snuck up on me. And yeah, for our podcast, I read it right before we got to season three, which is when the the so-called billion dollar kiss takes place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I it, it's a great, I mean, it's a great book about how how shows are run or were run. I think they're run mm-hmm. a little bit differently now, but like at the time, what was happening in the industry and sort of how bloated it was. And right. And so it's fascinating. Yeah. 
Yeah, great book. book. <laughs> yeah, it is. It really is. It's really a great book. I highly recommend it. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, so how did how did you how did the book I remember everything? How did that come? So obviously, it, you know, came out of you having Dawson's Creek on on the brain weekly because of the podcast. Uh, what what kind of led you to be like, oh, this is something that um, we should put together in a book? Yeah. So Julia, like she said, she works at a publishing company in LA. So obviously we had that privilege, Um, but we were just driving to the studio to record. And she was like, so my boss said, like, maybe we should write a book. And I was like, did you just say we got a book deal? Because you're saying it really nonchalantly. (laughs) That's my jam. (laughs) What I'm hearing isn't um, matching up to the tone of your voice, you know? And she was like, yeah, think about it. I'm like, I'm sorry, my brain short circuiting, you know? And of course, like, we're not professional writers. Again, you know, we're super privileged to have even been given this offer. But you know, talking about the show. And then we watched the show together in college at UC Santa Cruz. Um, so we've been watching the show and discussing it forever. Uh, we're like, I was like, okay, yeah, what would that be? Like, how would that even look? Um, how do you write a, sh- a book about this, you know? And so we kind of talked about it and like, just the things that we had talked before we started the podcast of like, some, there's a so many storylines that are so fascinating in Dawson's Creek, like, you know, the character Jack being gay, there's a really season long story of um, a character ba- battling mental illness in season two. And then just like, the way in which like this romance of Pacey and Joey stands the test of time and why, why is it when like, that is such a common storytelling for teen shows of like love story, but what is it about like this, this storyline that still makes people want to watch a, listen to a podcast about it, you know? And so once we started talking about it, we kind of felt like we, we did have enough there, a meat there to kind of start, writing a book about it, which is wild to think, you know? Um, And so we had like a few idea of what we'd want the chapters to be. So essentially we wrote like a critical critique of Dawson's Creek. (laughs) Well, and like we, we did it using quotes because like the kind of the way my boss sort of was like, Hey, what do you think about doing a quote book of Dawson's Creek? And we kind of like did not do the thing that he asked us to do. <laughs> like we were like, we're not we going to just. We did it, but in our way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, he. I think he imagined that we would just pull our favorite quotes from the show, and like that would be that. But we were like, no, we want to like analyze and go through and like figure out like how using the quotes from the show, how this show really was one of the first that that made a lot of these issues not just a very special episode because of course we're at the age where we grew up with 90210 mm-hmm. um and and so like when we were younger we were watching 90210 and and that there was a lot of very special episodes of 90210 where they would handle a topic yeah. and then it would like not be discussed ever again <laughs> Mm-hmm. And and not like look, I I love 90210. Do not come at me about it. <laughs> but, like, but like there's this way in which Dawson's Creek actually was one of the first shows that took those things, took a gay character, took um like even Jen's feminism, and like we like we'll get in like the third wave feminism of Jen Lindley is like 
there have been essays written about them by mm-hmm. professional uh, that by professional writers, which I highly recommend just Googling and reading because they're great and totally spot on. But like, there's that there's like the way that they talk about consent and the way that that conversation actually does change within the show. And you really see these moments of change within the show, the mental health storyline where like, you know, maybe like, what didn't Emily Valentine on 90210 like have a mental health crisis and then like went away and we never heard from her yeah, again? <laughs> like, and like, yeah, and so, <laughs> right. Or she's like, yeah. away. We're not going to talk about Emily Valentine anymore when really all I want to do is talk about Emily Valentine. But, um, but like, Dawson's Creek did that a little differently, right? They, your main characters were going through these things. It wasn't someone to the side where your main character kind of dealt with their, the girl they're dating or the person, you know, like a loved one or someone they meet and like that gay, that person is gay and they teach Brandon like that being gay is okay. And like, Mm -hmm. okay, great. It's different. It like comes out differently because they're putting these main characters, a lot of them through it. And so we wanted to really say like, look, there is ridiculousness on this show like (laughs) yes without a doubt neither of us are denying that fact (laughs) but like but also there were things that it did so well and this seems to be what continues to resonate with people and like some of the people that write into us are like in high school now and watching this show and like are like, oh yeah, these are the things that I connect with, right? Where it's like, yeah, you can't connect. Like we didn't all have phones and we didn't all like, Mm -hmm. you know, we weren't connected in that way. So like, if you were gay and you thought you were the only gay kid in your high school, like, like it was harder. Yeah, (laughs) it was harder to connect because you were like on an early internet chat room, maybe. (laughs) Who knew what was going on in that thing? Um, You know, so, so there's, So there's that part too, where it's like, I think that there are these universal truths that really do connect with kids, no matter what age and no matter, no matter when they're growing up, you know, there's universalities to teenagehood that Mm -hmm. never never go away. Definitely. Well, I'm glad like, I mean, a quote book would have been, I would have been happy with a quote book, but, but I'm so (laughs) glad you, you went the other direction because I just kept this on my desk and I, I pick it up and I read little segments and it like it really is fascinating and just to see like the you know the the script the text there and then your commentary on it and then the incredible artwork is yes is awesome yes that's what we want to shout her out that's jillian um birchold and she lives in portland she's an amazing illustrator she's awesome she's awesome yeah yeah she's well i knew nice. like right off the bat the cover itself the picture of Dawson <laughs> mm-hmm. it was like I, this is a book I'm gonna like I'm gonna I'm, I need yeah. this book so it's yeah it's like it for the listeners it's a the Dawson cry face and illustration of it which <laughs> is like the most iconic scene in Dawson's Creek obviously <laughs> you know you everyone knows the original meme of Dawson crying so yeah definitely wanted to like it's the thing is for a fan the Dawson's Creek fans it means something like very personal to us so like it, it's for the fans but then also for like any person would see that anywhere and be like oh yeah I know what that is right. <laughs> you know oh yeah definitely <laughs> that's great and so, then oh, I remember ahead, everything the the title of the book is one of the most famous quotes of the show so yeah. again that's like a little wink to the fans of like no no this is for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
We know, we know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then of course it works because it's a it's a book about a nostalgia of a TV show and like our childhood of like, yeah, we remember everything about this show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I have a I have a bad habit of picking up uh books at the dollar store sometimes. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And so <laughs> they had a bunch of Dawson Creek um novelizations oh my god amazing oh my gosh i moved in the last year so they they're somewhere but um i just out of curiosity are and i read i read a bunch of them and so are they are they based off an episode are they kind of like doing their own thing in in the book do you know as i understand it they're not canon and they're like were for the international listeners um, because the show was like, or sorry, watchers, because the show wasn't sold internationally for a while. So it was like a way to get content internationally. Okay. Well, if I yeah. find any, I'll mail them to you. Unless you oh my God. <laughs> I'll pay you for those. <laughs> yeah, I like, no, for real. I have friends who work in used books and I'm always like, keep your eye out because if you find one of these, like I will buy it from you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of the other podcasts, the Dawson dudes, they covered the Christmas book as like a oh. special one-off for their <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I didn't listen to the whole podcast, but they're like, it's truly terrible. The book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's awesome yeah the 90s had like a lot of those novelizations like that was big big money i read a clueless one when i was (laughs) maybe 13 or 14 that was truly terrible but i still remember it because of like i was like woof um so yeah i mean that was that was a thing the publishing you know publishing has not made every great move (laughs) (laughs) as an industry but whatever um so you're you're on you're you know you have a what two and a half seasons to go on the podcast um mm-hmm. any anything you want to tackle after <laughs> any other shows you want to go at and uh dissect <laughs> or is this a one uh, people ask, ask us that ask all the time <laughs> <laughs> It's like let's get through this first. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, you know, still got a like, ways to go, right? Yeah, <laughs> and like podcasting isn't easy, but uh, as I'm sure you know, yeah. but yeah, like I don't know. It's hard because like Dawson's Creek is so special to us, and like Julia mentioned earlier, we did like form our friendship around watching Dawson's Creek in in college. Yeah. Um, so it does have an, an additional layer that I think we really bring to our podcast. Um, but uh, so we, it's like, how would you find something yeah. like that? You know, like maybe my so-called life or Friday Night Lights or something like that. But mm. who knows? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's hard for us because like we think a lot about like, I mean, Dawson's Creek. Quite literally, we have talked about for Aaron and I have been friends for almost twenty years. It's it's nineteen mm-hmm. years, but in August, in September, it'll be twenty. Um, our friendship is twenty years old in September. So. Um, and, you know, it wasn't that long after that that we started watching Dawson's Creek together and and we watched live the ends of season five and the whole of season six because we lived together when we when season six was on. Um, and and so there is a specialty to Dawson's Creek. And we think that the only shows that kind of come even close to how much we've talked about or discussed or or like our kind of the depth of our kind of relationship to the shows and and that relationship with each other too is mm-hmm. like probably mm-hmm. my so-called life on Friday Night Lights. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mean, we've also talked about doing other things where we kind of like take a new, take a different like kind of approach yeah. to podcasting. So like not a show that we've spent 20 years talking about or however long talking about, but something that like maybe one of us loves and the other one's new to or something like mm. we could do a different approach. We Those are all things we've talked about. Um, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're we like, like to say we have a few things in development, That's but good, you yeah. know, we'll yeah. see. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Because part of what we do on the podcast, like season four, what, which we're currently recording is senior year for our kids. And like, you know, there is a universality to that experience of like, okay, everything you've known in your life is about to end and like that real fear is there and like what happens next and and so we've been having a, a season-long discussion about that and then additionally like the ways in which American society supports students that are college bound and doesn't support kids that are not college bound we call them workforce bound and and the real problems that that um, creates and so I do think that we like to use Dawson's Creek as a way to have a larger conversation about things and so if we could find another show where we could see that happening I think we might give it a try Um, because like personally in my goals and in my life I think that we should be talking about these huge issues that we have and need to address in America in everyday conversation. So if you can use Dawson's Creek as an example to be like, why was there not a black character on there or an Asian character or, mm-hmm. or like a Latinx character? My high school, I mean, where I grew up was a rich conservative area, but it was Orange County where like it was, you know, Asian, uh, Hispanic and white. So like I never in my life went to an all white school, even though like, that would be the assumption of like a well-off area, but that, that's just not the experience that I had. And I've never seen a show that looked like my high school. Mm-hmm. And why is that, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And are we okay with that? Mm-hmm. Um, that those are the stories and the representation that's happening. I'm not, but why, I don't think that many people are, but why is that still pervasive, you know, which is just like, why are we okay with this? And, and, it's an easy fix, you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, we're very happy with the podcast. So don't, yeah, I think that's a good question. People are asking you if they want more from you. Um, like, <laughs> totally. Give us more, comment on more shows. We love it. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it definitely is so sweet. And like the yeah. Dawson's Creek fans there, I love them. Like we're weirdos, they're weirdos. So it's just amazing. And like, they're so, so nice. And like, of course, it's like personally flattering to be like, what are you doing next? And you're like, we still have 18 more months of this. So <laughs> can we just like get there when we get there? You know, yeah. like who knows what will happen in 2022? too if we learned anything from 2020 it's like let's just like not plan too far ahead right, right now <laughs> who knows what's gonna happen right yeah. exactly so well i think it's I, been a great year for you know a year and a half for podcasts because i i maybe i've just had more alone time <laughs> i've been listening mm-hmm. to a lot more podcasts and there's so many amazing shows out there it's, it's been really cool to kind of you know go down that rabbit hole and any kind of interest you may have there is you know, yeah, there's five, six Dawson's Creek yeah. podcasts. No, it's that's amazing. A, that's incredible. 
yeah like if people don't like our particular take on dawson's creek they have so many other ones to choose from which <laughs> is so amazing that's so cool i i couldn't agree more like i said earlier i didn't really listen to podcasts but i have personally gotten into some you know like you can find them about anything i was like i want to know more about casteism and i just went deep into a whole wealth of information about that which is so incredible and i think that's so cool for like representation too because the voices that you hear can be anyone you know and that's like what we really need in this moment definitely i'm glad that you've you've stuck with it though because like some of my some podcasts that i've liked it's just you know 10 episodes it's great and then it just like they just just poof they, mm -hmm. they disappear and and it's like you better not <laughs> you've got you've come so far you can't yeah you can't well, stop. Well, we promise that we will talk about the entire the entire series yes we um, made that personal commitment to each other and yeah. to our fans so we're gonna do it <laughs> yeah yeah but it is I mean it's it's a lot of work and like I do the editing and and you know it's it takes a lot of work and you know, like I said, we started off recording in a studio when we, where we had like a tech guy record mm -hmm. for us. Shout out to Andrew Bush, who is a lovely, lovely, lovely man. Um, and like, is so excited. Like he loves hearing us talk about this. And, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, he's kind of like this old kind of hippie kind of guy. And he's, and he's like, Oh my God, this is so funny. And like, just <laughs> loves it. Like literally after we finish recording every episode, he'll come in and tell us what his favorite part was. Um, <laughs> And we miss him so much. We miss him so much. But like, you know, in the pandemic, I we kind of had to scramble and figure out how we were going to do this. Mm -hmm. And and I mean, that's opened up some freedom for us because like, you know, we can, if we can't be in a studio together, now we know how to record it in such a way that like, that's okay. And we can still get the recording done and whatever. But, you know, um, it's it's been an interesting year and it's been, you know, it's been an interesting year for, for just the like legwork of it. And it is a lot of legwork, you know, not just, not just the editing, but also the social media and Aaron responds to the emails and like, you know, that's all legwork and all, all work. And, you know, and we take it seriously because we really appreciate that people are listening to us and seem to like what we're saying or seem to want to like talk about what we're saying more. And like, we, we feel kind of honored that they would, write to us and so we take it seriously and respond yes. and like <laughs> and like you know and and that takes work and it's not we're not complaining about the work it's just sure, yeah. you know it does take work and takes time so so it's uh, I have other friends who've been like well what about this like should we like get on mics and talk about this and I'm like I, I can only do one right now <laughs> talk to me about yeah. it in a year a weekly one that's I mean that's impressive doing it every and, week and when we were in the studio, we would record like three or three episodes, two or three episodes at a time, partially because both Aaron and I travel constantly. So like, you know, it was like, okay, let's get them recorded so that we're ahead of the game. And then, you know, it doesn't matter. And like, when the pandemic hit, we had like six weeks or something yeah. of recorded episodes. We're like, so. oh, we're just going to be on lockdown and we'll go back to the studio. It's going to be great. And like, we all know how that story went. <laughs> That's not how that worked. Um, so we kind of had to scramble. Um, but, but anyway, yeah, it's, uh, you know, um, I think for us, it's like, it's a great way to spend a couple of hours. And even when we've kind of been like, oh my God, we're kind of exhausted or whatever. It's like, mm -hmm. Um, 
there is something nice about that escape and about being able to talk about this show. Um, and like, and right now we're in an era, it's pre-2001, it's pre, mm-hmm. you know, it's pre-9-11, it's pre like- Pre-social media. <laughs> yeah, pre-social media. So you're kind of like, oh, right. Remember all this? Like, remember all these important things that we were so like irked about? And now it seems like nothing, but <laughs> you know, that's kind of a an interesting- perspective and and I think that's the perspective that we come to the podcast with is that like we're two people who are the same age and thus like lived through this at the exact same time so like Mm -hmm. I I mean like one of the things that people love is like we when we comment on the outfits and we're like I totally own that shirt yeah (laughs) (laughs) we did that oh god (laughs) I'm gonna tell you how ugly I think those pants are but also that I definitely owned a pair that were almost exactly the same so like you know there's something fun about that too yeah definitely yeah yeah that's cool i am curious about like so i I know enough time has has gone by with some of these shows from from our from our youth that um you know initially the the actors seemed like they wanted to to distance themselves from it and were like even annoyed um at the mention of the show but it seems like lately i've noticed more and more actors kind of like coming back to it and embracing mm-hmm. and you know you go to comic-con you know people like like you talked about mark paul gossler doing his own podcast he's mm-hmm. never seen an episode before you know and, and now they're dissecting it so um have you had any interaction with any of the cast <laughs> no Aaron, you, well, oh, like Jackson in my life <laughs> yeah i mean like well, we live in la sure, so yeah. sure in my life yes <laughs> Oh my gosh. I've never told this on our podcast, but ever since I was a kid, my dream car has been an orange Volkswagen Carmen Ghia. They're just so cute and impractical and I've always (laughs) wanted them and they're pretty rare. And so whenever I see one, ever since I was a kid, I would like, you know, stare at it. And there was always one in Santa Monica. Every time I'd be in Santa Monica, I'm like, oh my God, an orange Carmen Ghia. And it was Josh Jackson's. And I'm like, (laughs) oh my gosh, I'm not staring at you. Wait, no, I am, you know, but (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I was looking at your car first. It wasn't you, but yeah, I I actually, I have met him. Like it doesn't, you know, in LA, this stuff happens a lot. Um, but Josh Jackson, I was like starstruck when he was, and he was with, um, Diane Kruger. I used to work in interior design. So, um, they were redoing their house and I helped them with some stuff. And I was more like starstruck with him, even though I think at the time she was way more famous than him, (laughs) but I was like, Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. It is embarrassing how much in LA you you do run into people like that and you're like just be cool be cool, yeah, be don't cool. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron Aaron likes to make fun of me because when I when I I worked in retail in LA so I mean and she did too like we yeah, both have worked in retail in LA yeah right and so like you you just like random people that you know their faces come into the, wherever you're working and you have to like wait on them mm-hmm. and not be a weirdo <laughs> like, <laughs> well it's it's kind of funny in LA because like you know Diane Keaton is really into interior design so I definitely would work with her a lot but uh and you're like whatever but then like these obscure ones you're like yeah. I can't breathe someone has to take over <laughs> Aaron once I, this was years and years ago Aaron once I texted her and it was like one of Reese Witherspoon's friends from the Legally Blonde movie, mm-hmm. like in the Legally Blonde movie, and I like texted her and I was like, "That girl just came in." Yeah, she was sitting next to us. Remember, yeah, she was she's sitting like, next oh, yeah. to us at the ArcLight once. Oh, we were yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah. my god. <laughs> 
So uh, it's like that. And like Tiffany Amber Thiessen came into book my the bookstore I worked at once and I like flipped out. And like everyone was like, you don't care when Michael Jackson comes in, but <laughs> Tiffany Amber Thiessen, you're like melting down. And I was like, right, as a child of the 90s. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, you can't blame us. I mean, I've had that same experience where you, right. you meet people that like yeah. they should be more ex- but you know I go, I go to Sundance every year and oh yeah you bump into someone that was yeah. on a 90s tv show and you you like play be cool be cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> totally. totally but I think like for the vibe of our podcast we um we've interviewed like some of the writers and we want to know more about like the behind the scenes stuff mm-hmm. and like the creation of these stories and these characters um which is just like personally interesting to us as well as um just more of what we're talking about of like the the storytelling that's been told so that's been cool too and like we have a lot of like writers that like bought our book and stuff which is like I don't know like (laughs) these little things are like that is so wild I can't believe that (laughs) like one of the writers of the show she was the first person to read our book she wrote our blurb and um Gina Fattore and when Julia's like I'm sending it to her I was like I might throw up like oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) and and we've become like kind of friendly with her um on Twitter and we and we had a great interview with her just lovely Mm -hmm. And like, and I still maintain like when this quarantine is over, like we're taking her out. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. But like, like, just having that too, where you're like this person who was responsible for this thing that I was so important to me when I was a teenager, but then also like, she's just rad and nice and like, is, is a writer and like, yeah. You know, and we she's get along. a member of our little, you know, community that we're building. So mm-hmm. some of our listeners will like pose theories and questions and like, she'll directly respond to them and be like, no, this or that, which is like, <laughs> we cool. get listeners that email us like, that was so cool. Like, <laughs> so, I know the answer I've wanted to know for 20 years. Like, oh my <laughs> gosh. So that's like, it's really fun in terms of like, community that we're trying to build around you know this absurd hilarious show Dawson's Creek (laughs) no that's great yeah 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 Uh, I guess I have one last question it's kind of a stupid question but I was I've been thinking a lot about that friends special that is supposedly coming at some point Mm -hmm. um, on HBO do you think what like what would a Dawson's Creek (laughs) reunion look like or is it just don't don't even go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did do like a entertainment weekly 20 anniversary where they did get like the main, you know, um, teen characters together and all like talking about it. Um, unfortunately, like the best character they killed off, which we mentioned in the end of our book, obviously, mm-hmm. um, which w- would be hard to do a spinoff. I don't know how you would do that, but. Or you could just ignore that they killed her. Yeah, off. they can. You can exactly. Do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I always think it would have been cool if they just they did like a spinoff where like Jack and he's, you know, married to a guy and, you know, raising a kid in Cape Side, like and then they could bring in his sister, who's a character and like his brother in law and sister in law, who would be like Pacey and Joey. And so you could still have the main characters that maybe don't want to be so much involved with the show, but like would be willing to do like a little like guest mm-hmm. spot like that would be an incredible way to tell a story and you know in the modern age um would be cool uh yeah it's hard to say because the character of Dawson just really has aged so poorly so poorly <laughs> that Which like would make it so fascinating to see where mm-hmm. he's at today yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm 
Yeah. I mean, he, you know, in terms of the show, he ends up in Hollywood and it's like, on the one hand, I feel like he might've had like a me too scandal or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. It's, yeah. So, you know, that would, that could maybe be an interesting redemption story of like, you know, yeah. coming out of that or something. <laughs> I don't know, but, uh, or at least maybe like wrapped up, like maybe not him specifically, but wrapped up in some kind of me too situation, which, I don't know. <laughs> well, and I think like, you know, what's so fascinating, I think, is like how much the majority of those actors have managed to not be weighed down by their like former teen idol mm -hmm. status, yeah, so right? True. I mean, Michelle Williams particularly. Right. You forget that well, at least I forget that she was on it a lot of the time, you know. My yeah, yeah. Uh, my cousin who's like maybe seven or eight years younger than me his wife was like oh my god michelle williams was on dawson's creek and i was like girl what ah. <laughs> yes. and and so like there's that part right and then josh jackson obviously works all the time I, and i feel like katie holmes like we don't it's like her her career is is weird for a different reason than dawson's mm -hmm. creek it yeah. has nothing to do with dawson's creek mm -hmm. Um, so like Vanderbeek's the only one who like it stuck to him at all. And actually, I think he's made a great career out of being playing a real dick. He plays it so yeah, well. I mean, his character so in Pose, his character in Pose, his character in um, the rules of attraction, like I think he's great at those roles. Yeah. And like has made a career out of it. And like, and in a certain way is Dawson, but in a certain way also is the opposite of Dawson because a lot of those characters know that they're a dick. Right. And don't care. <laughs> well, I, I loved him in, um, the, was it? Don't Trust the, a Bee yep. in Apartment 23. Yeah. yeah. So that was, yeah, exactly. I feel there. like I'm he, like, I love this guy. Yeah. You definitely <laughs> yeah. feel like he either came to terms with or he was always fine with being that character or being mm. like known for a certain thing which like is awesome <laughs> that's yeah. so cool um yeah and he's and still also, like doing stuff too totally he works constantly kind of and I, I also think that like I think you could do like a reboot that's kind of like like I am a huge fan of the one day at a time reboot that happened mm -hmm. and it's like yeah it's got winks and nods to the show the like the 70s the show from the 70s but like and and like Mackenzie Phillips like you know made a, a cameo like kind oh, of cool. is in it a little bit but like it's not really like it's it's something totally different so there's a part of me because I was watching an ad for that new HBO show generations that's coming out mm -hmm. that's like a teen mm -hmm. show right but it, and it's like it's got queer kids and it's got like people of color in it that are like main characters and I was like oh my god how great but then I had this moment of like I wonder if they will ever do like a Dawson's Creek kind of there was a wholesomeness about it even though they talk about sex constantly mm -hmm. and like which and is like, authentic to being a teenager. Absolutely. <laughs> but it's like people talking about sex who have no idea what it really is or like how to engage in that mm -hmm, <laughs> activity, mm -hmm. like, which I'm like, um, realistic, realistic to, to my teenage experience. Um, and like, you know, there's this part of me that's like, I would love to see something like that again, that was more inclusive, that was like, hey, let's look at like, high school kids that aren't like you know that are like they're curious about all this stuff but it's not something that they're doing 
mm-hmm. there's something there's something really like I, I can't wait until that show comes out. I think it'll be so fun. And I think it'll be, I'll be so excited. And I think you could do it as a Dawson's Creek spinoff and just like, m- yeah, maybe Jack's a teacher that you see every once in a while. And mm-hmm. then like right. every once in a while you get a cameo of someone coming yeah. in. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. Joey comes and meets him at a bar for a drink <laughs> or something like that. Like I, I'd be down with that. Like, that's oh funny. my god that would be like a dream come well, true I mean, <laughs> and i love like because i know i keep bringing up stay by the bell but that was my show and i yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was uh i kind of like it, don't worry yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so <laughs> i've only i've seen a few episodes of the new of the new version of yeah. the imagination and it's like i think it's done as far as i'm concerned it's done pretty well um oh, cool. it does, yeah I, I watched the ones that were available for free and i was yeah. like should I get Peacock for That's this? What, yeah, same here. So I, I'm probably going to get it and, and uh, jump in. But okay. and then the cool thing is that uh, um, Dashiell, I think his name is, who he he did the Zach Morris's trash. He's a writer on that show now. So oh, cool. You guys, if they do ever do a, a Dawson's Creek, you'd be prime candidates for we'll being in that, in that we'll writer's consult. room. <laughs> <laughs> We'll consult. We're, yeah. I don't know that we're professional writers, but we're happy, to, we're happy to discuss things. Well, technically, we are professional oh, yeah, writers, but you know, it still doesn't feel real, to be honest. Yeah. Like yeah. that, I we published a book. That is yeah. still one most wild things that happened but you're like you know 2020 was totally wild so of course i became a publisher yeah, that right. year that, yeah. that actually makes sense yeah well great well um why don't you tell everyone where they can pick the, i mean the book where's the best place for them to grab a copy of i remember everything anywhere you get your books if you're in are you in are you in salt lake city i am yeah if you're in Salt Lake City, the King's English Bookshop is oh, I love that. Yeah. a terrific and lovely bookshop. That oh, really I'm so like. happy you know the King's English. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so that would be a great place. And you could order it from them and have it shipped to you. But really, anywhere you get your books. Um, it's we always internationally, too. Yeah. And we always like to promote independent bookstores because they need your money more than... Um, you know, that other place does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, um, so uh, yeah, but anywhere you get your book, it's available. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our podcast is Dawson's Critique. Um, and you can find us on Twitter or Instagram at Dawson's Critique. Right. Um, or you can email us. Yeah, Dawson's Critique at gmail.com. Uh, and the podcast itself is available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, it's on all the platforms. Uh, mm-hmm. And again, we're in the middle of season four. So to any of the Dawson's Creek fans out there, that means like the prime episodes are there for you to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> the we've, end of we've season three is they're yes. there for you. <laughs> Our season three finale is two hours and 45 minutes Ooh. long. <laughs> you got a real, you've, you know. You're, you're welcome. If, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he did not shut up <laughs> well Aaron Julia thank you so much for taking the time it was great meeting you face to face finally Julia um yeah. this was fun I enjoyed it so much so um I, yeah. I can't thank wait you to for see. having us yeah I'm definitely you know episode by episode I'm gonna go back and forth watch an episode listen to your commentary <laughs> on it because that's what I was doing on season one and yeah awesome yeah some people have emailed us and said they're doing that and i'm like damn commitment i love it i mean that's what we're doing too obviously right that's amazing i love that also i feel like we get into a groove in season two like season Mm -hmm. one we were good but season two and on like we get into a groove that like we it's like 
it, it keep it gets it gets better and better i think um right. we get better and better at talking about this show <laughs> right <laughs> so. well thank you so much and um thanks yeah let's keep in touch and i love the book and i love the podcast and i want to make sure other people who haven't discovered it yet hear it from here and and go buy the book cool thank you thank you thanks for having us stay safe okay see you later Thank you.